Welcome back to The Exchange. I'm Mark Sanchez along with Nick Mangold, and we'll jump into the first snap immediately. Nick, I want to talk food. I want to talk pregame meals. What was it that got you to your all-pro status on the field, big dog? How did you, what did you do? What did you eat before games? I could barely eat. I waited uh, for the game and just ate on the sidelines, but I go just ahead. Tricked, you tell yeah. me. Eat your hot dogs during the game. Um, I just tricked a lot of people. That's how I became, um, you know, got through a few Pro Bowls. Um, so I actually, I have another show. You probably don't watch it because you, you don't like me. Um, grilled or no, it's not grilled. It's tailgate center. There, no. <laughs> and a couple of shows, kind of a big deal. Don't wow. know, you know that. Whoa. Um, and so we had, um, the current nutritionist on Nikki. And so we're, we're whipping it up and we we're talking, we're yakking it up. And she, I asked her, I was like, can you rate my pregame meal? And so like, you know, was it good? Was it bad? You know, what would you do differently? So I told her in my pregame meal was always, it was the same thing every, every week, no matter what time the game was like, it, it, it did not matter. Um, it was steak, um, and a little bit of eggs. And, um, I think, what, oh, and then, uh, pasta, uh, usually, um, it was a rigatoni, some a circle shaped pasta. Like that was my, that was my pregame meal. <clears throat> and she just looks at me and she goes, I would not recommend that. <laughs> yeah, she gave it two <laughs> thumbs down. I was like, that is terrible. It was like, well, I think it worked. Like, it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, Yours? I mean, I, other than the see, it's hard. Dude, it's hard. Like, some games I'd be real nervous for and couldn't eat. Some games I'd be starving. Um, but I preferred earlier games so I wouldn't have to worry about eating throughout the day. Uh, so when we had a one o'clock start, that was easy. Cause you basically like breakfast and then like a quick little bar or something before the game. Um, uh, but I preferred breakfast, like hash browns, eggs, like a scramble, something, um, you know, even like, um, like one of those berry shakes that they'd make us in the hotel, something, something basic like that. But I mean, nowadays these guys and their nutritionists and counting all the carbs and, and everything they need, you know, to fuel their their engine, so to speak, it's uh, it's incredible what these guys can do nowadays. But whatever works, you know, as long as you play well, you just keep eating the same thing until you lose and then find something new. You switch it up, you know, that, that's how it goes. Um, so we obviously never made it um, and it's very disappointing. But Super Bowl, right? Do you do you do a big party? Do you do something quiet? Um, what is your Super Bowl? routine ritual yeah so i've done i've had a couple you know things at my house where you invite you know 50 people or something and you have the big super bowl party and get somebody to cook and do the whole deal but i just found that you're hosting the whole time you miss the entire game and it's not that i don't enjoy the interaction but there's all the cleanup i mean there's a lot that goes into party planning and that's not my favorite thing to do um i enjoy the entertaining part but i just you know i don't want to do all the cleanup and stuff so um I kind of like, you know, going somewhere I can watch it at somebody else's house and maybe help them clean up a little bit without feeling like a jerk and just showing up eating, making a mess and leaving. But um, it's hard to watch it with that many people. And then just like if I was going to watch a movie with an actor or somebody who's been in movies, I would just naturally start asking them questions. So, you know, people are like, oh, why'd they throw that ball? Or, oh, that guy's wide open. And then you got to get into like the full discussion about like, yeah, like he's not that open or yeah, it's actually not that easy or whatever. So um, I don't know. I kind of prefer to watch it 
I guess on my own now. Uh, I took my, the, the coolest thing I did was uh, I got to do this uh, deal with Verizon and we got to um, go to the game in Miami Chiefs uh, 49ers. And uh, DJ was there, my son. Dude, he was like three and a half at the time. And he was just like blown away at the pageantry of the whole thing, the fireworks, the crowd going crazy. And it was a great ball game. He's got a blue tongue from all the snacks or whatever they let him eat in the dang suite. So he was just, he had a ball and he thought like, that's the way football is. And I'm like, dude, it's not really like that. Like that was a really nice version of things. So you're welcome. Uh, and you're awfully spoiled. So, um, but that was, that was one of the coolest Super Bowls. What about you? Uh, so I watched Super Bowl. I don't do a big party. Um, never have. Um, I always watch Super Bowl at home. Um, I make my chili, um, and, uh, Matthew makes a chili and we watch the Super Bowl together. Um, we, we do it. Uh, he's been making his own chili. Uh, he's been doing it for six years now or so. Um, and it's cool. That's, that's our ritual. Um, I try to do something for like a championship game where it might be a little bit bigger and everything. Um, but for Super Bowl Sunday, it is, it's my chili, which is my segue to mm. our guest. Who do we All got? Right, so let me tell you about my, my chili, and then we'll get into it. My chili it w- came in second place on a cooking show. That cooking show, this was back in like 2008. That cooking show is hosted by our guest, Rachel Ray, and her husband, let's John. Um, we Ray. have them for a lovely interview coming up. Um, so let's get right to that. And welcome back to our interview. We have our very special guest, friends, family. Rach and John, welcome into the exchange with me and Mark Sanchez. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come join us. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Well, we're not only, we're good friends with you, Nick, for a long time. And Mark, we're now new friends with you. But we both are longtime Jets fans. So we're thrilled to be here. And that, so uh, that, I was that's got to be my first. I was a little tiny, like 11 or 12-year-old kid because uh, my my best friend growing up was my cousin, Rich. Right. Uh, I grew up in Long Island. He lived like a town over from me. His name was Richard Todd Dolce. Hence, even though <laughs> we're both Yankee fans, so we should have been Giants fans, Richard Todd was happened to be the quarterback of the Jets at the time. Of course. So we became Jets fans forever, and here we are years later. Decades of, of pain well, but my 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 year of birth was the last lucky year for the Jets. Yeah, well, the last year they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get there again. The last year we won a Super Just Bowl. A matter of time. The year I was born. You two guys. I'm a good vintage. You both of you almost got us there. 2010. I remember That's it like true. it was yesterday. Yeah. So uh, we're we're hanging in. We got there. Rach, how did you? Uh, where did you come from? Like your jet fandom, is it family? Is it you know similar? Do you did you know Richard Todd at the same time? You no, know, I, I didn't know Richard Todd at the same. Did you time. know a Ken O'Brien, perhaps? No, it was the year I was born. You know, th- those were the champs, and I guess that's where it comes from. Just I've always loved to watch football. I was a a football cheerleader, which sounds so lame, but uh, I mean, I actually just was a cheerleader so I could watch football. Um, I, I just have always been a fan of football, and I guess I chose that team because of the year I was born. I am also, which is really hard in my home, 
I'm also a Boston Red Sox fan and, and oh, my husband's an Yankee fan. So I'm a really weird split ticket. But it's not so weird in upstate New York. You know, we live on uh, very close. Yeah, New England's right here. New England is is right here. So there's a lot of people that are, are both fans of, like, the Patriots versus the Jets or the Giants. I've just always been a Jets fan since I was a baby, and that's that. And, well, I got a couple of crushes over the years when it came to the Red Sox. So I guess that's what kept me in, in that ballpark, so to speak. <laughs> Understandable. And, you know, I, I find it interesting, um, you know, when, when you we've been doing this for so long and, and talking to different people and all their fandom and everything and how they've grown into it. So it, being, you know, almost lifelong fans, what is your favorite uh, Jets memory? Like, Is it a game? Is it a season? What do you I got? Mean, I, you know, I, I, I love going back to like the early 80s with the sack exchange. And that was so, so, such an exciting time and Altoon and I know I always for me when I was a kid like you know the Giants were, were the, the the big fish in the pond but the Jets were always the more exciting team to me they you know they just they threw the ball more it, um, I just they were just more exciting to watch so you know I think about those days uh, you know I, I was alive but I was only one year old when uh, Broadway Joe was was the quarterback. But that's it. That's but, the sexy factor. Yeah. Like for for chicks, it's the sexy factor. You always want the underdog, and you want the guy who wears fur coats, and you want you want Broadway. Like you want. It's just such a daydream. Remember the lakes? The lakes commercial. Oh my god! With the, with the so pantyhose. the pantyhose. It's yeah. so cool and sexy, and it's so <laughs> cool to. To be on the side of the underdog and to always be scrapping and fighting. And again, it was the, the year I was born, they were the champs, you know. So for me, it was always a kind of a, a legacy thing. And then just the sexy factor of it. It's, it's, it's always cool to be in that club of a little bit of an outsider, but always in the game, you know. And... Yeah, Joe Namath was like what, you mean, in a bag of chips and some pantyhose and, a <laughs> and some pantyhose. <laughs> both of you guys gave That's us, how the saying goes. You guys, both of you gave us really exciting years, you know, the, the early 2000s. Oh my God. And, um, you know, it was that, that was exciting for us. But, you know, that you guys were uh, a, a dynasty back then. And, uh, and, um, yeah, that was. And when so you're in, you're in. You got to stay in, you know. But if you go green, you got to stay green. You know what they say: you're only as good as your center. Ah, that's exactly. <laughs> there you go. That okay? Yep. Uh, right I learned that now. one. I learned today. <laughs> I learned you're all that a bag of chips and a pair <laughs> of pantyhose. That's a winner. <laughs> but it just sounds like when you talk about us, it's just we weren't sexy enough. Is that our issue, <laughs> Nick and I? No, you're both very sexy in your own way. I mean, Nick's a family man. <laughs> in your own way? Hold on. <laughs> 20 like second timeout. Wait, wait, timeout. That's like, that's like, is she pretty? You know, she's like, got a great personality. So long, I've held his children. I know his wife. Like, he's like my brother, so I can't think about him like mm. that. And of course you're sexy. I mean, but you know that, right? I mean, <laughs> EQ and 
covers. I was just fishing for compliments. All of Again. those G suits that you were stuck in. I mean, I don't know. I think right. if you had, um, you know, his hand between your legs for many years. <laughs> Did he ever? <laughs> you know, um, it was very nice. Okay, no worse dress. I'm a. My chest is getting hot. This, this is, is going on the rest. Same, same. This is usually I'm where we comfortable. go. Um, okay, so Coco, go back you? to... <laughs> no, it's at go the cleaners. The the legs? Okay, no. <laughs> hey, when you're My, playing um, up in the park, you know, those warm hands help. Mm, that's right, that's right. But my fur coat is at the dry cleaners with my pantyhose. <laughs> so I'm going to get to the next question. And, and I got to know, we were talking about sexy. I'm going to say the name. It's almost like Lord Voldemort for Jets fans. But Tom Brady, don't get mad. Nick Mangold, my co-host, went on your show, Miss Rachel Ray, and said, yes. I kind of like Tom Brady now. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I agreed with him. Um and oh. I still do. It's 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 tough for John. It really is. Well, you know what? Now that he's, I he, have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Now I that really he's do. in the NFC, you know, he doesn't bother me anymore. He's a buck, you know, <laughs> unless it's the Super Bowl. But other than that, uh, I, I'd rather him be a buck than a Patriot. That's for sure. He is. That's a fair. I mean, is legit. Yeah, no. no, no two ways about that. Yeah, it's hard to argue with, with and, his. And, you you can't argue with, with his talent. reality, you know. I mean, any more than I argue with science, I don't argue with um, statistics, you know. I mean, in, in any field, and that's just that. He deserves everyone's respect. Uh, you know, whether you agree with every part of his philosophy or his private life or whatever, who cares? It, 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 he is what he is. He is a singular talent. And he seems to be a very devoted and, and loving uh, dad and husband and a very dedicated player. And that's it. John is a little harder sell, but I respect him. <laughs> but at least, no, at see, least he's not, you know, just absolutely shredding the AFC East. So that's good. I, I kind of agree with you. Once he's yeah, right. out of that deal. He's not like, to the Jets anymore. Right. So, <laughs> now he's going to worry about Mac Joe. That's right. So the, I would just like to clarify a little bit. I still hate Patriots Tom Brady. It's just Buccaneers Tom Brady. I kind of like like that's, that's it's fair. two different like it's two two completely separate things here. Well, he was your he was your arch enemy. I mean, that's just what it was. Right. So I, I hate Patriots Tom Brady. Kind of like. Buccaneers. He's Tom Brady. Patriot was Darth Vader. I love how Nick just breaks it down. That's pretty much it for us. That's exactly where we landed, and that's exactly when we came to that distinction in our own house. And very well said, Nick. Thank you. Now, Rach, um, you are obviously so well known for cooking, food, everything. Um, you know, we have just about every one of your cookbooks at home. Um, I think most of our meals are Rachel Ray meals. Um, so what would be your, like, if you were, let's say you were playing, um, for the jets, you know, and you wanted, you were going in before a game and having a pregame meal, what would be your perfect pregame meal 
if you were playing on the Jets? Pre-game, you need a uh, big pasta and carbs. Probably want some car- you want to carb up. Yeah, you want to carb up a bit. So a uh, big pre-game pasta. I just wrote a nice pasta today for Howard Stern and his wife, Beth. Um, pasta tossed with uh, herb ricotta, mafalda, or um, uh, this little shortcut square pasta that looks like baby lasagna tossed uh, with lots of fresh uh, blanched spinach and tons of herbs and ricotta cheese and then fresh tomato basil sauce all over the top. So very light, but very filling and very flavorful and lots of carbs without being heavy. There's no like cheese melted on top. It's not lasagna, but it, it, it hits all those great notes. It's really herbaceous. It's vivacious. I, I think that would be a great uh, pregame. Post game, uh, just slice roast and charred bread, like a porchetta, a rolled uh, pork belly around a pork loin with the rosemary and the zest and the garlic and the herbs in between, um, just with tons of lemon juice and broccoli rabe and slamming rolls, um, or some uh, sliced pork loin with apples and pears and shallots. You could slam on some bread after. Uh, I think a roast after. Um, or tenderloin with um, uh, horseradish uh, cream and uh, some watercress on, on baguette, also nice. So like pregame, uh, a pasta that's flavorful but not too heavy, and postgame, uh, bread and meat. <laughs> nice. Now, I'm in. One, I, I'm hungry. Two, <laughs> I did my job. This is amazing. Oh, by the way, amazing. I just the show we just finished was a Friday show. So John made a cocktail. He made a Sicilian Negroni. And I made a Sicilian Sammy night. It was sandwich night. Fridays are sandwich or casual food night. Mm. And it was uh, veal marsala and chicken marsala on ciabatta with melted Fontina Valdosa. They were melts served open face and you slammed it shut. John scarfed down an entire veal marsala in like seven minutes. Like I still have the chicken marsala awaiting me. So there you go, the meat and the bread. That would I, be uh, a oh. no. So okay. John, every day I'm very lucky. John, I know yeah. um, you know you you do the drinks and you're the cocktail mixologist. So if if the pregame meal is pasta and postgame meal is meat and bread, um, what is our post? Because we're not going to do a pregame cocktail. What's our postgame cocktail after you get done playing sixty minutes? What's your what, what would be your go-to? Like, all right, this is what I got to have in the parking lot before we head out. Well, hopefully uh, a big thing of Gatorade poured over your head. <laughs> yes. Champagne. Something with champagne because we're assuming we won the game. Of course. Um, and I don't think, you know, if it's post-game, you're going to go home. Maybe you're driving. You don't want to overdo it. So maybe like – how about an Aperol spritz with champagne? Honey, that's for, that's for girls. It's for girls, honey. You gotta man it up. All right, we're gonna do. Uh, a, Nick a loves us. Yes, a michelada. Beer, hot sauce. I love those. Uh, you gotta get a roadie with some balls, baby. Yeah, I'm doing a michelada. <laughs> okay, now we're speaking my language. Let's um, let's continue <laughs> this. Michelada, a michelada. I heard, I heard I'm the unbelievable Jets fan. Yo! We, we got a special guest. Whoa, whoa. Jets fan? Are you, um, I, Rachel? 
Yes. I, I can't hear anything. How you doing? Hi, baby. I'm doing great. We were just talking about a Michelada with balls. Maybe a little shot of tequila. In. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, uh, I heard you're an unbelievable Jets fans. We got to get you out here. And uh, is that, is I was walking coach? by. I was like, get, get him out here. So, Sanchez, what's up, man? Anytime, what's up, man? Coach? I am always, I, I am always ready and available. Wow. And I come with food, as Nick will tell you. I, I need some. I got to gain some weight. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, it's guys. It's too much God. stress. It's too much stress. So fun to see you. <laughs> that was amazing. Awesome. How about that? That was amazing. I thought he was talking to me like, hey, we got to get you out. We know you're a big Jets fan. I was like, cool, man. I'm there. <laughs> no, no I wasn't talking to you. Um, I go with pasta. Yeah, I know. I get it. Um, let's see. I was going to ask. To fill his stomach, man. Nick, anytime you want, I travel with food. You know me. Oh, yes. Yes, you do, and it's delicious. I have brought um, it literally to the stadium, haven't I? Mm-hmm. I have brought yes, it have. literally to the stadium. <laughs> I would I would like to I would like to do that also. <laughs> like uh, Nick has um, the pocket like that. The pocket explain, I got chills. Cool. How do we? You never know who's going to be we, wandering by the studio. Oh no, we have somebody else. Or are we good? No, are we clear? No, that, you, you, you're still okay. just stuck with me. I'm <laughs> stuck. Okay, so I got to know. You're going pregame, postgame. We got the drinks dialed in. We got all the food taken care of. But what about when you guys watch a game or even the Super Bowl? Is it a little weird because people are just kind of looking at Rachel like, "Hey, what are you going to make us?" Like, do you hate? doing that stuff or do you like cooking for no, Super Bowls well, or what's what's Super actually, Bowl like in your home? I haven't cooked for Super Bowl in a few years for obvious reasons because of the pandemic. But sometimes it's it's awesome and it goes perfect and sometimes it breaks my heart. One year we had some friends over and no one ate anything. I had oh yeah, oven baked potato skins to make them healthier for everybody, stuffed three different ways. I made two different chilies and different wings and all sorts of stuff. And the only thing and, anyone ate was like a bunch of little fun size Snickers bars. Yeah. And they all ate like candy. I mean, there was actors and, and people that are on TV a lot and they didn't eat anything because they were worried about their appearance the next day. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, we actually, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> And I have been, I have been uh, graced enough to have gone uh, to a couple of Super Bowls because I was cooking, you know, a pregame show for a network or something, doing a, something in, in, in part of the programming. Um, the last one I think we went to was it the one where Beyonce burned out the lights? Yeah, we went to the, uh, the Super Bowl yeah. at, in New Orleans when they had the blackout. When they had oh, the blackout. Yeah. We had to walk back to the hotel in a blackout. <laughs> so we went back to the hotel. We watched the. So we're like, let's just. Oh, we watched the Super Bowl with Joe Montana. Yeah, we, and, went, we went back to the hotel and, and Ryan Tedder. Right, and watched the Super Bowl from the lobby, yeah. and Joe Montana was there. So we're like, okay, I think this is. And one of where the opening acts, of course. Yeah, and Ryan Tedder from yeah. uh, One Republic. And his whole band was there. Yeah. So Whoa. we had time ultimately we ended up in the bar watching it on tv for the second half and that was awesome it was it was great but what That's we learned great. was 
maybe we should just watch from home from now on. And that's what we do. I, I always make John a stuffed bread or a sub or fillies of one sort or another. Uh, I, love the I make a, a bajillion different types of fillies. And um, John likes the Chicago style with the works and homemade jardiniera the best, I think. But I make a different a bunch of different ones. But we, we usually just keep it pretty chill and it's just us and the dog. It used to be Isabeau. She passed away, of course, during the pandemic. God rest her soul. And now it's Bella. She's the size of a donkey. She kicks someone <laughs> off the sofa. She's about she's 80 pounds. 80 pounds at a year and Whoa. four months or five months. Yeah, she's huge. Huge girl. Yeah. So she's do you cook enough. actual meals for the dog or do you give her? <laughs> Whoa. It's intense. <clears throat> do you she's guys. Great on the football team though, wouldn't she, honey? Oh, she, she'd be a great receiver. She beats the hell out of me every night. And she's great at catching stuff, and she uses both of her hooves. I mean, hooves. She's a, she's a, she's something. She's strong girl, strong girl. That's awesome. So um, I know that you guys just finished your your dream home in Italy. Um, yes. It has to be amazing. So can you tell me? Back day before you, yesterday. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know? why that's your dream home and how that all came to be. And then what it's like, I, I don't know if you have been over there in the fall, but what it's like trying to watch a football game in Italy, which the, where the time I'm difference and everything. It's really complicated. You know, they, it's, it's not like I can just turn on the TV and watch football game. Uh, it's a nightmare. You know, I've, I've tried apps. I've tried, we don't, you know, uh, a direct TV app or a, this app or that app. And, I don't know. Nothing seems to work. There's something over there called Denzin or something, which I haven't quite figured out yet. The zone. I think you can watch the games, but I think they're you can't watch them. It's live. past tense, right? It's um, it's after it's over. Oh, okay. that's that, that's the saddest part. Really complicated. We just came back, and it was a really long. I mean, we were only gone ten days, but it's it's the you know the the it was during the peak and the crescendo of. Of regular I mean, man, season. I had a hard time. Really hard for us. I have a hard time watching jet games in upstate New York. They they don't televise. But they them. don't televise them anymore here. So then I'm oh, watching wow. the Red Zone. Uh, I'm watching a piece of every. The game, Red but... Zone makes me feel so schizophrenic. I feel like I'm in the movie Split. But the reason <laughs> I the reason I wanted a home in Italy was when I was a little girl. My grandfather lived with us, and he was my um, my no no was my nanny. My grandpa was my caretaker when I was very little. And uh, I was with him always, like around the clock. And for me, my fairy tales were his stories of growing up in Italy. My grandfather was one of 14. The four youngest came to America. My mother was the firstborn of 12, 10 survived. She's the firstborn of 10 that survived. She's the eldest child. He lived with us from the time I was born until he died when I was around uh, eight and a half. And he was my first and best friend. He taught me everything, everything. He taught me how to read. He, he taught me how to think. He taught me how to be. But all of my bedtime stories were stories of his life when he was a boy in Italy. And so all of my life, I always thought one day I want to have that. I never thought about who I would marry or what job I would have or 
what my life would be or what profession I would partake in. I just dreamed of one day having a place in Italy. And when I saw the land that we bought, my husband said, this looks like a war zone. He actually called it Aleppo. And I said, honey, always too soon and not appropriate. Um, but there was no running water. It was filled with animal carcasses. There was no electricity. There was nothing. It wasn't a house. It was a stable and a barn keep hut next to the stable. Rubble. And it was filled with dead animals and just refuse. And John's like, and you want this? But it was surrounded by 66 hectares of amazing grapes and olive trees and rosemary bushes and beautiful vistas. It's beautiful. And that's what I wanted. I, I could see something different in my head. And so we bought the land, what I think was a very fair price. And then the pandemic happened. Yes. Oh, and Turned down and our apartment flooded three times in New York City and is still under construction and we have no roof. Yeah. And we were trying to build out this land that we bought just before the pandemic happened. So, so we were and our job our, died. And we lived, so we lived in our <laughs> guest house for about a year. Uh, and a half, yeah. almost two years. It was a weird time, man. Very Whoa. weird time. Uh, three we years. caught you, we we caught you at a wild time. Unbelievable. Sounds well, like the resilience, I can appreciate that. That is incredible. Right. Cursed and blessed at the same time. 100%. The week, the week my house burned down, I taught from the guest house in borrowed sweats with no makeup, 10,000 people <laughs> all over the world for our children's cooking class. We did a free kids cooking camp. And it was the, it was the last class. Yeah. It was six days after our house burned. And we made meatless spaghetti and meatballs with impossible. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. amazing. I love it. Um, so we're almost done here. We won't take up any, too much more of your time. We always do a rapid fire question segment to, to oh, finish this up. Because Nick knows I talk too much. So this no. is one. <laughs> no, these are great stories, though. The, these are the ones that, you know, comes to your mind. We uh, obviously... Um, we already talked about baseball, so we're not going to do the Mets Yankees, but we got to start off still sports Knicks or Nets. I'm, I'm Knicks because I, I, I go back to the 90s and you know, Patrick yes. Ewing, Patrick and, Ewing. yeah, I love it. Okay, what about uh, Steakhouse? Just so I think of them as Jersey still, I don't know why, but yeah, baseball though, this girl threw out a ball. From the mound at Fenway, thank you, she right did. over the plate, not a heater, but never touched the ground, Veritech caught, crouched proper, did it, practiced for months. Practiced <laughs> for months? I did. I have a pitch back, and I practiced religiously. I was not going to bear myself from the mound, right over the plate, just saying. That's good. That's impressive. Um, if you're going to go to a steakhouse, I'm sure you probably cook better steaks anyway, but Peter Luger's or Delmonico's? Yep. Uh, Peter Luger's my favorite. Let's go. In Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> Peter Luger is, I don't know, something about it. It's been there for hundreds of years, and it's like really old school New York. 
you know, the waiters are really like grumpy and mean and he appreciates oh, they're great. I love it. I love everything about it. And the steaks just was <laughs> every couple of months for steaks with men night. And then they all like smoke cigars and drink scotch all night yeah. and his buddies. And uh, I think that's your all time favorite. Isn't yeah. It? And you got to You never you never get a menu there. You, you always get the bacon appetizer, the uh, tomato onion salad. Um, the, of course, John puts the bacon on the tomato onion salad. Yeah, and then the porterhouse. Why, Why not? With the uh, the hash browns and the cream spinach. Hash and then browns. The See, he and, sucks uh, at rapid fire too. Yeah, <laughs> this is slow fire. <laughs> slow fire. Well, you see, the problem is we keep doing all this food talk, and I just keep getting hungrier and hungrier. Oh. Um, all right, this one: uh, transportation, subway or taxi. Oh, both. Well, it depends what Subway, time of day it is. Yeah, Subway's actually, depend, depending on where you're going, if you're going uptown or downtown, Subway's just a lot quicker. It's just more efficient. If I'm going to Yankee Stadium, yeah. I can be there in, you know, like 25 minutes on, on the 6 train or the uh, 456. Uh, taking a cab, it's going to take me an hour, hour and a half, depending on traffic. Well, now it's all Uber. It's not even cabs. Right. Anymore. Right. And you get rated, for God's sake. You're not going to get rated on a Subway, at least I don't think so. <laughs> Not last time I was on. But generally speaking, we walk or drive ourselves or take a subway. Okay, fair. What about, uh, we'll keep the travel theme. Will you go JFK or LaGuardia? We well, can't go either. We have to fly private because we have an 82-pound dog with us. <laughs> well, it also depends That's where fair. we're going. I mean, if we're flying internationally, you have to go to JFK because... LaGuardia doesn't have international flights. But if we're flying private, we, we go to Cedarboro. We don't own a private plane, by, by, by the by. That's just a <laughs> joke. Nicholas borrow his. LaGuardia is uh, a lot closer to our apartment in Manhattan. Uh, more yeah, when we take Easier a, to get to LaGuardia. Like if I'm going on a press thing or a, a book thing. Right. Yeah, LaGuardia is absolutely Yeah, if we're closest. flying to like Chicago or Atlanta or something, we're... we're but I don't like the smell of the soft pretzel. <laughs> yeah. If you guys, butter. if you, so for Nick's gonna ask you the next one. If you guys just want to pick one, that's fine. But it's totally up to you. <laughs> right. I'm just messing with you guys. You guys are odd. This is awesome. It's so much better than just one word answers. Keep going. We're such so heads. I apologize. I, I no, I love it. <laughs> He goes, but if we're going to Chicago, maybe. Yeah, but I don't like the smell. It's <laughs> awesome. We're going to COVID. Probably Terminal 1. <laughs> and then when you go to the ask for this guy. <laughs> All right, next one up. Um, I feel like I know the answer, but I have to ask it anyway. The best borough. Best borough? Yep. Uh, well, we live in Manhattan, so I'm going to say Manhattan. I'm going to say Brooklyn because all of my favorite restaurants are in um, Brooklyn. Olmstead, so many. There's, there's just so many. I love, I love the food in Brooklyn. I love the food in New York too, though. But near the bridge, the the Fulton is amazing. Also, yeah. I, I love every part of New York. I really do. I used to live in Queens. I was mugged twice there. So I have to about it, um, but I love the the. I think of the boroughs as 
the, the great food you can get in each of them. And Staten Island is where the Italian grandmas run their own restaurant. Um, and I love the Bronx too. I think that the Yankee Stadium, yeah, hello. I mean, hello. I mean, the Bronx is, is, and Arthur Avenue. Oh my God. And Arthur Avenue. I've spent so many beautiful, happy hours there with so many great people. I have lived in upstate New York and New York City all of my adult life. I have split my time between both. I'm 53 years old and I have spent my time for 30 years and more between the two. I know all of our boroughs and I truly have come to know the people in them and I love and value all of them. I really do. John and I, over the years, this is not a joke. We take staycations in our own city. We'll rent a room at the one in Brooklyn so we can roller skate by the water, <laughs> you, know, at, you know, at the park, which is right next to the one. Like, like we, we are people that vacation in our own city. And no joke, no joke. As long as they take a dog, we go and spend a night in a different borough, in a different neighborhood to have the experience of being in that community because we love it so much. We really are true New Yorkers in that we love our state and our city. And we love going to the stadium. We love going to ballparks. We love going to every borough, every neighborhood. We eat high, we eat low. We do have to go to Jersey. To We're watch very football. adventurous. Yes, we do technically go to Jersey. <laughs> you guys, have you thought about a career in pol political office? Maybe running for office in oh, New York? Oh, no, no. Do you watch the news ever? No. I mean, that was just a really good speech. You don't have to answer any questions. You can just talk about how great New York is. It was awesome. Mark, Mark doesn't watch the news or read newspapers. He doesn't. He I'm can't do any of that. Club and we talk once a week every week for about an hour a group of friends that are conservative and liberal and we talk I, I, we may be the i hope we're not the only but we may be one of the few small pockets of people that still talk to each other from each side and every week we talk to each other about politics and the one thing we all agree upon is what a horrible time to be a politician and it, it, there's just no win for anybody right now because the country is just so divided. But we keep trying and our little conversations certainly make me feel better. Sometimes John joins in too, but it's it's really so important that we keep the lines of communication open. Can you guys hear that there's a piano tuner in the house and he's tuning the piano in the background? They probably think there's something weird going on in their yeah, show. Spooky music. Like he's going bing, no, it's bing. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, you guys are awesome. For the basement for Christmas, it was when it was Christmas. It was his big Christmas gift. Uh, it's an upright, and every time you move a piano, especially in the cold, it has to be retuned. So the piano tuner could only come today. Yeah, this is the only day he was available. <laughs> it's all good. He's welcome on the show. But then we we moved our time, so now you're here while he's tuning the piano. Yay! It's all good. We can handle it. I loved uh, what you said about talking with your friends. I love the open lines of communication. I love keeping it positive, And I love your message about New York. I think that's uplifting. And we have one more for you about New York. Um, Broadway show, 
or a movie theater. I think this one's a slam dunk, but go ahead. Okay. Oh, well, well it, it depends. It depends on the show. <laughs> it depends on the movie. The last but thing we saw on Broadway was the uh, American Utopia, which David is Burns. incredible, life changing, and I am an enormous. My my three favorite single, my four favorite single artists. Well, the top two are probably David and David, David Byrne and David Bowie. Right. Yeah, David Byrne and David Bowie, um, and Prince and Stevie Wonder. So. Um, most important band to me was Beatles. You didn't ask any of that. But that was the last show we saw on Broadway and we loved it and we were jumping and cheering in the aisles. And it was uh, the day before they shut down the world in New York. It was like oh, wow. the 11th March. It was, it was seriously the day before they closed yeah, we got, our lives, we snuck, everything. We got snuck the right studio, in there. We snuck in there mm. the last day. And then... Um, movies, we love Alamo Draft House. We fell in love with it in Austin, Texas, a home away from home for us. Now they have uh, two And now York. they have two in New York. We love oh, cool. going to Alamo because they make their own trailers and their own pre-show game. And you get to eat that. And you have really good food. And they, they have a full bar and they make real popcorn in a giant bowl. And you get a nice recliner. Oh, my God. And you get a recliner. I love it so much. So we love Alamo in New York and Brooklyn, and we love Broadway, depending on the show. And thank you, David Byrne, for giving us our favorite last memory of Broadway. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. I, I love it. I mean, you did explain it perfectly, so I understand why there's both. So I'll, we'll accept that answer. Um, Rachel and John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been a blast. Um, I know Mark, Mark and I really appreciate it. Um, and you know, it, it was awesome being able to talk I'm to you. Sorry we um, talked too much. No, no you're fine. No, no, that was good. It, we like you your podcast. <laughs> no, most people we can't get to talk. Nobody says anything. They just say yes, no, sometimes, maybe, and yeah, then we don't, we don't have a problem with the whole talking thing over here. <laughs> great. Yeah, uh, you thank you so much. Great. Really appreciate it. Thank you for Thanks having, for us, having us. Thank we you for having us. Appreciate you. it, guys. What an incredible interview. Thank you to Rachel and John. Such great stories. I mean, what a heck of a ride this last couple of years in their house. Um, impressive stuff. And God, that made me really hungry. And it made me excited uh, for a little off-season. So I guess I'll ask you, Nick, what was your favorite off-season adventure? Um, ooh, off-season adventure. Um, does the night we were in Vegas count? Slap I don't know what you're whatnot. talking about, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um, this thing doesn't work anymore. Weird. Hello, hello. <laughs> Is anybody here? It's crazy. Anybody? I lost all um, comms, but I'll go. Um, let's see. When the guys come out and we worked on football in the off season, Jets, Jets West. Jets West. There that? it is, baby. I still yeah, got the merch. We'll, we'll take it. Now, I think um, I think my my favorite off season. Uh, which happened to be the weirdest offseason was the lockout year. Um, Ooh. 2011, right? Yeah. Uh, I just had my first son. So while, while technically it was offseason and we didn't have like OTAs or mini camps or anything. So he was born in February, Super Bowl Sunday, in fact. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that little fun fact. Um, I, had, I, I had the ability to be with him from the time he was born all the way up to training camp, which was, you know, not expected because usually, you know, we'd have OTAs, we'd have mm -hmm. um, off-season workouts, we'd have uh, mandatory mini camps, 
So um, to have that time, you know, was weird and stunk because we'd rather be doing football stuff, obviously. But it was also like, well, but I also have this newborn and I get to hang out with him for like six straight months. So that was that was probably my favorite, I would say. I love that. Yours? It was Jets know, West, right? I'm a big, I'm a big old softy. It's Jets no, West football, 24-7. Okay. 24, that's all you did. 365. You never went to a beach? Never once. Never went never went anywhere <laughs> tropical. Once. <laughs> One beach. I almost <laughs> say Mark Brunel saved my life scuba diving <laughs> one time. How is that not the, the, the number Caribbean. one? Like, hey, listen, that I'm was, still alive yeah. because Mark Brunel. So they tried to All give right, me this me crash the course. They tried to give me like a 20-minute crash course on how to scuba dive. I wasn't certified, which is like really dangerous. Looking back, it was completely idiotic. However, we all felt good. I was like, yeah, dude, I can figure it out. I reassured them that I was ready to go. Had no clue what was going on. And um, as soon as we went down, we were probably, you know, 60 feet below the surface, which once you get to a certain depth, you can't just go up super fast and like bail, even though you'd probably hold your breath and be fine. You'd probably live and be okay, but you could really mess yourself up. You can get the bends. You can just basically jack yourself up. So <laughs> we go down, there's like four of us. And what you don't think about, which is silly, is you can't communicate underwater. Obviously, you can't yell to your partner. It's like hand <laughs> signals. So it's like shark and like, you know, turtle and like stupid stuff like that. But you can't talk. So there's these hand signals and stuff that we really didn't rehearse well. And so instead of giving the okay, which means I'm good, I kept going like this, which means go up. And so they're like, what's wrong? You can't breathe, like checking all my stuff multiple times. And then finally, I was like, I'm out of here and was ready to just go to the surface, which is super dangerous. So Brunel just grabbed me, waves everybody away, and keeps me below the surface and, like, calms me down to breathe because I was starting to panic, which is the worst thing to do. Then everybody's gone. I don't see anything. I hear, like, a ferry going over us because we're in this channel, and I just see these, like, giant propellers in this huge boat, and they're, like, right above us, and I'm kind of freaking out, and Brunel just kind of calms me down. And he teaches me how to uh, breathe and go up and down, adjusting your air and all that stuff underwater in like the next half hour. And I went through my air so fast because I was breathing way too fast, totally hyperventilating. Um, but yeah, long story longer, it was a rough one <laughs> and probably the worst decision <laughs> I made. And if I told Mike really? Tannenbaum and Rex that, they might have cut me on the spot because it was bad. It was really bad. Uh there's definitely a real possibility they may have done that, um, but they didn't. So, I'm, and I'm glad they didn't because it now gives us the opportunity to do this podcast, um, which was, I think, our best episode yet. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. And stay tuned for the next one. So don't forget to rate, review, follow, and listen. And, of course, share on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mark Sanchez, and this is Nick Mangold for The Exchange.